getting things organized. We might share a short verse or a short challenge, but something fairly brief. And I'd like to, for the next four Wednesday nights, um, spend time in prayer together. And uh, we'll probably allow the ladies to go uh, maybe one side of the auditorium and the men on the other or, or upstairs and downstairs, something along those lines. And um, I want to encourage us. We, we just got done preaching Sunday on the power of God and how oftentimes God ties His working and His power in our lives to our praying. And uh, I'd like us, if we would, as a church, to to do something for the next four weeks a little bit out of the ordinary. Again, not something that we'll do forever or permanently, but for a season. Um, to come and pray. And, and I, I will take some prayer requests, and that's fine. And, and I don't think God's going to be upset if we pray for the prayer requests. But I'd like for us, if we could, to direct the, the, the bulk of our pray towards the power of God. And asking for God to do a work in our hearts and our lives. And to have His power and His grace in our lives. Uh, I'm going to share just a few thoughts out of 1 Corinthians tonight. It will be rather brief. Um, and uh, let's, uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He arose rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And this was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of about five of hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. It's an interesting phrase. Therefore, whether it be I, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. I uh, I've been in a discussion with folks, and I I've had folks that have uh, are good people, and and they debate back and forth over uh, who which which person in the Scriptures, replaced Judas Iscariot. Obviously, there were twelve apostles. And the Bible speaks of the fact that in the end times, there will be twelve foundations, each with the name of the apostles on them. And Judas obviously went to his own place and was not one of the twelve. And so there's been a lot of discussion over the years, and some people hold to different things. In Acts 1, you'll find that the disciples took it on themselves to elect out of the several men, good men, men that I believe were filled with the Spirit, there's no doubt. They prayed and they cast a lot. And Matthias was selected uh, as the twelfth apostle to fill the role that Judas had. And uh, I understand the Bible talks about that. I don't know that that's one of the twelve, though, that will be in heaven. 
uh, in the on the twelve uh, things, and and that's fine. I, I don't nobody has to agree with me on this. What I'm getting at is, uh, I believe Paul was the twelfth one. Uh, there are some reasons why I believe that, but re- whether we hold to that or not, uh, there are some lessons that we find here that I believe are crucial to the secret of the power that rested on these apostles, especially the Apostle Paul. And I think he speaks of them here. Two of them we dealt with this past Sunday, but there's a third one in the middle of it. And I want us to take a look at that tonight if we can. If you will look with me down in uh, verse number 10, Paul says this. uh, I'm sorry, back verse number 9. He says this. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And um, we find here a spirit of humility. And I think this is key in each of the disciples. I'm not going to re-preach Sunday's message. I think we got enough on the issue that if we're to have the walk with God that, that God longs to have with us, if we're to have the power of God resting upon us, there has to be a decreasing of ourselves and an increasing of Christ. There has to be a lifting up of Him and a humbling of ourselves. And over and over in Scripture you find that. Uh, we find, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their, their wicked ways. And again, the first thing on the list is the humbling. We find Paul here as he uh, talks about the fact that he is one of these twelve. He's uh, the least of the apostles. He names all of them here uh, in the uh, passage and uh, then says, and I'm the, I'm the one that was born out of time. I was the one that was born uh, kind of towards the end of things. And I'm the least of them. And uh, he looks at that, and the reason he has humility is Paul never forgot where he came from when it came to his humility. And yet, in I believe in Philippians 4, when he wrote to the church at Philippi, when he said, forgetting those things which are behind, I think in order for him to serve the way that he served, he had to forget some of the things that he had done in his past. I think Satan threw that up and was constantly bombarding him with, well, who are, who are you? Who do you think you are to be serving the Lord? And I even was talking with someone this week. In fact, they called me late the other night and a couple hours on the phone and just talking about the fact that their past, they said, we're not, we're not worthy to be in a position to serve because of our past. And I said, brother, I'm thankful God can use anybody. And uh, Paul was certainly one of these fellows. He, he, was, he was arresting and murdering Christians and thought he was doing God a favor. And Paul understood there was a spirit of humility there. We get down to verse number 10. The Bible says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I love this phrase. I got to thinking on this as I was reading this passage this week and I got to thinking about this. You know, the book of James talks about the fact that God resisteth the proud, but giveth what to the humble? Anybody remember that passage? What does He give? He giveth grace to the humble. And I don't know about you, but I love God's grace. When it comes to my salvation, grace is not getting, uh, is getting something I did not deserve. On top of His mercy, uh, He gives us a home in heaven. He gives us uh, the ability to be with Him for the rest of our lives. He gives us a walk with Him every day. He gives us access into the Holy of Holies to be able to come boldly, the Bible says, to the throne of grace in the book of Hebrews. And that is wonderful thing about God's grace is what it does for us. It has a cleansing effect, doesn't it? 
has a sanctifying effect. It causes us to grow, the Bible says, in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that our Christian growth is dependent upon God's grace. The sanctifying of my body in this life and trying to, to get it to be more and more clean and more and more holy and trying to set it apart for the Master's use. All of that is achieved by grace that God gives. But He doesn't give it to the proud. He gives it to the humble, doesn't He? So the humility is, is the first part of it. But I want you to notice not only what grace does for the Apostle Paul's life, but look what he says here in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. I want to stop for a minute and ask this question. Are there times in my life and are there times in your life that God's grace has been given and it was in vain because we did not participate in it, we did not enact it, we did not live it? I think the truth is quite often that's the case. He says that this grace that was bestowed upon him, he said, was not in vain. But notice this. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So he labors more than the other apostles, and he, he doesn't give the, uh, the a credit to his uh, work ethic. He doesn't give the credit to the fact that he's just a, a bundle of energy. He doesn't give credit to the fact that he uh, uh, was raised by a good father and boy, he just taught him to just keep plowing ahead and being steadfast. That wasn't what he gave the credit to. He says that the reason, in fact, in verse 10, that he labored more abundantly than they all, he says this, yet not I. It wasn't me that did it, but the grace of God, which was with me. Can I tell you this? There's two things I want you to see out of this verse. Number one is what the grace of God can do for me and what the grace of God can do through me. I'm thankful for God's grace and what it does for me. But oh, that we would get to this point of saying, God, I want your grace. I, I want it to be that which causes me to labor more than they all. I want it to be that which consumes me, gives me motivation, and drives me to do something for you. This grace. Paul had humility. Paul had the grace of God because of the humility. He began praying, Lord, give me some more of that grace. Not just to make me a better person, but that I can be a better servant. That I can serve you better with the grace that you've given. That it would not be in vain. And then I love this as we get to verse number 11. He says, therefore, uh, let's back, uh, he says, yeah, therefore, uh, whether it be, whether it were I or they. And again, he, he talks about all the apostles. And then he says, I was one that was born out of time, but I'm one of them. He said, he's, you know, he had seen the risen Christ on the road to uh, Damascus. And so he met the qualifications of, the, of a New Testament apostle. He was not man chosen, but he was chosen of God as the other 11 were chosen by God. And we get to verse number 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, and so ye believed. Paul said, you know what, at the end of the day, it really isn't even about me, and it really isn't even about the other apostles. What it was about was the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, when that became the primary thing, he said, then you believed. Paul had humility. He depended Upon God's grace, not just to make him who he was, but to help him to serve. 
that the grace of God was what enabled him and empowered him and motivated him to serve, and in his words, more abundantly than they all. And then they made the focus, the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was telling somebody just this week, there are times I have to be very careful because my dad taught me to work hard and, he, and I like to be busy doing stuff sometimes. But, you know, there's a possibility of getting so wrapped up in doing the work of the ministry that we no longer minister. We get so busy doing things that we leave off the preaching of the cross. We leave off the reading and, and the, the prayer time that we are seeking for God's power and God's direction in our lives. It's something I think we ought to be hungry and thirsty for. And so I want us to get three things. I think every servant of God, it, Paul said it best in verse 11. He said, whether it be they or me, it doesn't matter whether it's me or them. And he wasn't even saying it about the apostles necessarily. He said the key thing is, the key thing is that we preach Christ and that they believed. Oh, that we would learn this thing. I, I, I tell you, I, I want to see God's power. I want to see a revival. I'd love to see revival in Festus. I'd love to see one that just, just lights a fire and, and spreads to other churches. And people start getting right with God and with each other. And people start getting people saved and reaching out to them. Wouldn't it be amazing in your lifetime to see, before God comes back, one more Holy Spirit-given Holy Spirit-directed, Holy Spirit-empowered revival. Oh, I long for it. I long for it. And we're going to have a word of prayer here, and then I think we'll go ahead and break into groups. And, and here's what we'll do. Uh, I think for tonight, we'll see how it go, uh, goes. If we can, if ne next week, if it was too distracting, we may go up in the stairs and down. But why don't we have the ladies come over on uh, this side. We'll have the men over on this side. And you can pray individually. If you want to pray individually, that's fine. If you want to pray with someone, you can pray with someone. If you want to pray as a family, you want, you're welcome to keep your family together. I know a lot of folks like to pray as a family. That's fine. Um, and you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, or if the girls want to go with the mom and the boys want to go with the dad, that's fine too. However you would like to break that up as a family is fine. But uh, I'd like us to give ourselves to prayer. And I want to just say this, I, time, is, time is of no consequence. And uh, I know the first time, I, I remember the first time in my life that I voluntarily decided I was going to give myself to prayer. I was in college at that time, and I had come home from work late one night. It was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I was working a, a late shift. And I came home, and I went downstairs and uh, knelt down by the couch. And I began to pray, and I mean, I poured my heart out. I, I just, I wept, I prayed, I was emotionally drained, I was physically drained. And I got done praying, and it had been six minutes. And, 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 and that was, I looked, at, I looked at my watch to see, and I, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do at the time, but I really thought I had prayed, you know, the, I'd heard these preachers talk about praying through the night. And I thought, boy, I've prayed at least an hour, hour and a half. And it had been six minutes. I'll be real frank with you. It was about a week or two before God really grabbed a hold of my heart in prayer. And all of a sudden, one night I got to pray, and then I didn't even think about the time. And I don't know what time it was when I got done, but I know it was more than six minutes. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it was a sweet time where we weren't rushing into God's presence and rushing out of it. I, I don't think you ought to prolong prayer just for the sake of prolonging a prayer. 
But all oh, that we could get to a point where we pour our hearts out to God. Where we plead and beg with Him to do something we so long for Him to do. And that is to give us His power and to have the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of this church. And uh, I'm going to ask if we could make that the primary focus of your praying. Uh, if you need to uh, pray for other requests, that's fine too. I'm sure the Lord's not going to frown on that. And uh, we're going to take real quick just a handful and be very brief on the uh, uh, prayer requests. If you can, just give them concisely and quickly uh, so we know what they are. Uh, I would ask that you be in prayer for Laverne Payne. There's a special request for her this week in some things. Uh, also pray for Miss Kim Coulter. Good to see her here tonight, but with the recovery from her surgery, uh, that that will continue to go well. Also, Randy Reed, I talked with him, and he had talked with Ron Beckett. Uh, today and I think it was today or it might have been yesterday, and uh, he said that uh, there there was not a big change in in his condition, um, and so uh, be in prayer for that if you will. Uh, and uh, then there are a couple folks uh, that we recently have uh, lost loved ones. Continue to pray for Susan McCarty uh, in the home going of her mom a couple weeks ago, and pray for God's grace during this time. Uh, the Tudino family down in Florida, again, uh, friends of ours that lost the dad in the COVID-related uh, things, so keep him in prayer. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that's all the ones I've got. I'm probably missing one that I'm supposed to be saying. So, Miss Kim? Okay. 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 Okay, so pray for this family. Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right, so pray for this one. All right. Anything else? Very quickly. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. I know where one is. If she. <laughs> That's okay. We could probably remedy that too. You got extra room at your house, once yet. So, all right. We'll be praying for that. We sure will. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've got I've got a call to him on my schedule to do this week, so yeah, it's they tell him it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. All right, anything else? Okay. All right, then let's do this. We'll go ahead and divide up and when you get done praying, if you will just you're welcome to fellowship, but keep in mind others are still praying and so try to be mindful of that. And you're welcome to fellowship however late you'd want to. But uh, whenever you're done praying, that's pretty much the end of our service. And so we'll go ahead and dismiss at that point. And uh, if you're done praying and others are still here and you need to go, that's fine. You can go ahead and leave when you're done. Or if you want to stay around and fellowship, that's fine too. All right? So we'll have the fellas over here and the ladies over here.